talking about. Top of the morning to you, sweetheart. <laughs> Thank you very much. In fact, I have to admit that I did I did enjoy uh, your your last text, and I did um, I did share it with with the folks I'm I'm sharing space with, and they all um, thought it was very cute. Uh, just oh, for, yeah, for those of you guys who are not who are not privy to um, Jimbo, my personal uh, dialogue, I had mentioned that I missed the the sweet sound of his voice, and um, that I was hoping to hear from him. And his response was, "Give me five sweetie pie." It was actually sweet. It was actually sweet pea. But, sweet pea. Uh, oh, oh, maybe, well, perhaps it wasn't as charming as I thought it was. <laughs> I think it's more charming personally. I just want everybody to know the sorts of uh, conversations that we have when they're they're not here. Just because I I, I hate to have them think that this that our uh, our relationship was somehow uh, forced or or being used for dramatic effect. A performative, if you will, like we're right, like, right, exactly, exactly. Close, if you will. They're, you're gonna give them a little peek behind the curtain. Right, right, right. Well, and um, they're getting the real lint in our navels when they when when they hear from us. Smells and all. Yes. <laughs> good job. You do you do a very good job with the yes and. I I, I have to admit. Every once, every once in a while, there's a roadblock. No, but then you bust out with the yes and, and and you do you do the trick. Um, yeah, I, 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 should, I should be I should consider myself more open. Let's really get in there. If we, if but anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, um, so in terms of your day-to-day business, uh, what, anything uh, cooking this weekend? Anything cooking this weekend? Um, Not necessarily food. Right. I, I I gathered that, and I was uh, considering what what could possibly be our plans and the answer is probably food and television a little chasing a toddler uh but we're not going anywhere no there's no plan it's supposed to rain i think all weekend no yeah well uh there was some rain this morning hey have you done any investigation into the queen's gambit i've watched the whole limited series oh oh man how have we not talked about this okay so I'm only um through episode four. And um and I really, really love it. Uh, are you a chess fan in general? Uh, we've never played chess. We've never played chess. I'm not I've never been very I guess into chess. I'm not a great chess player. Um I, I, I to be fair, I I didn't really do it you know, I, I played there was a brief period in like my freshman year of high school where a group of us played chess and I just, I, I do believe that it does require a certain amount of coaching if you're going to engage in the strategies. You, it's hard to just say these are how you make the moves now go. Right. I'm only just learning that. Yes. Right. And so anytime I played before, it it was merely a matter of okay, you know, the pawns can move forward, and the bishops can move on a diagonal, and the knights move on an L, and the rooks move horizontal, vertical. Um, and queens can do anything more or less. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's I. But, I've always but, played... but beyond, but 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 beyond understanding what the pieces could do, I never, uh, never really got into the fact that you know. And I do, of course, understand that you know the 
the idea of strategy where you, 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 you're playing several moves out, kind of in the same way you do that with uh, playing cool. Mm-hmm. You know, I understood. So when people talk about, you know, uh, the phraseology like three-dimensional chess, that kind of is sort of like playing on a level you couldn't understand. I, I get people's references, but no, I never, I never got into it. Is the is yeah. sort of the long, very long short answer. Well, I've always loved the game, but I've always played what what I call a guerrilla chess. And that, yeah, yeah, I've never understood strategy up until um, I would say last night. I really didn't know about like opening moves other than protecting pawns and um, you know setting up protective strategy. But um, but I am very much um, impressed by the show that I've seen thus far. Four of seven episodes. I think performances are awesome. But um, up until now, not, it, it's interesting. I was struggling last night watching it, thinking that almost everything that's happened so far has been predictable. But is that a criticism or is that just the way they set things up and things play out as the way that they should? I don't know. Like a game of chess. Like it? Well, like a game of chess. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) No, no, no. no. Yeah. Yeah, I I was sort of being coy, obviously. But I, you know, I don't know why. Eventually, I think eventually most stories are predictable. When you talk about the narrative, most stories are predictable, right? Mm -hmm. It's sort of the way in which the manner in which it is told is where it gets interesting. Right. Well, and there's definitely satisfaction in in the way that it plays out. Right. Right. But you know, like sort of, sort of once once things are established in a story, right? Once once you've set that you've you've done the setting, you've created the conflict, you've introduced the characters and the situation. The story, the what that happens is typically predictable. Mm -hmm. Occasionally, surprises. Most of the time, it's the how that is less predictable, and what makes it interesting. Right, and sort and sort of also, and the what kind of characters? Why are these characters interesting in this situation? I, the, the writer and director of it, Scott Frank, is a UC Santa Barbara alum, as am oh, I. Oh no, okay, okay, yeah, yeah I didn't know that. And I do recall he he wrote um, Get Shorty. He's done a bunch oh, of really? stuff, but that was what was what was uh, what was you know contemporary at the time that I went to UC Santa Barbara. My first quarter there, they're on the quarter system, on the semester system. I had to take a seminar course as being in the film studies program, where they would bring in industry people once a week. There was one of the, one of the professors there. He was a very old man, was retired, in, you know, Hollywood industry guy, and he would one every Friday he would bring in some industry person. It could be a producer, it could be a director, it could be a writer or an actress, uh, and he would interview them, sort of, sort of like inside the actor's studio. So would go on for an hour, hour and a half on a stage, we all, and we'd all listen to him. And one of the people that he brought in was Scott Frank, because he was a UCSB alum. So I'm setting, setting this up as a long story, but one of his philosophies... No, no, great. One of Scott Frank's philosophies on writing was that he would spend uh, pages and pages, hundreds of pages of developing character's backstories and his reason for that is once he did that and then went about the business of writing the story it became easier for him 
because how the characters, once the characters had sort of evolved, the way in which they would respond to the situations took care of itself. The story told itself. At least that was mm. the process. Yeah, okay. I can see that I never, I never forgot that. And he also uh, self, you know, depreciatingly referred to how his agent would criticize him and say, stop doing all your rewrites for free. In other words, you know, right, you know, turn in, turn in your crappy draft, we'll sell it, and then we'll get them to, you know, you know, pay you to do the rewrites, which is what he, he was doing his rewrites in advance, so to speak. I don't know if he ever took that to heart and changed. Probably not. Right. Fascinating. But, you know, that's, that, that insight is so significant. And again, I'm, like I said, four of seven, uh, episodes in. And so I'm sure they'll, there may be some turns, but there's been, there's not really been a turn that I was not able to predict within about, you know, five or so minutes of it occurring. Um, and remind me, you've completed four. What just happened? Um, the, she just finished in Mexico City and, um, the, a major figure passed away. Dude, it's okay. Our listeners can go back and watch it. I spoiler <laughs> alert. Skip ahead. Skip over this. Who who died? The mom. The mom, right? And so he, she has not yet met the uh, the master, the Russian master. Uh, no, she well, she hasn't met him, but she she uh, uh played against him. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She 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 played. She did not. She has or has not played against him. She has. Okay. Okay, yeah. So you predict you predicted that would go down the way it did. Uh, well, yeah, and ultimately, I knew that she had to start losing at some point, otherwise, it loses dramatic tension. Correct. Uh, right. You know, it, it, I was thinking and more. Sort, of, and sort of, you know, you you know, also, if there's six episodes or seven episodes, like approximately three fourths of the way in, you have you you have your the you know the the big problem. Three fourths of the way into any big story is when you have to have the uh, dramatic "what now?" How will this conclude now at this point? So yeah, that makes sense. Four of seven, right? Right, right. Yeah, correct. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I, I really, really like it. And um, like I said, the performances are awesome. The um, the, the pacing is is incredibly good. Um, yeah, yeah, I, you I, know, I love it. I, I would say, like, I remember watching it and simultaneously being on Twitter and having some of some of the um, female writers and comedy writers that I follow on Twitter were critical of it. They didn't get the big deal. They didn't like it. And they didn't feel like the female characters were written as realistic women. And partly it's sort of in their joking way because it was they were written by men, so how could they know? And I'm a man. So I would try to watch this, trying to figure out what was wrong with it. And I got, I, if I'm being totally honest, I, I would love to have a conversation with one of the dissidents, one of the people that said, no, this isn't as good as you think it is, because I'd like to know why. I, I'm open to hearing why it's not good, because I'm with you. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm fully on board. Um, I, yeah, yeah. I just don't, you know, I just don't know if sometimes, because obviously, you know, a, a writer, whoever they are, can only write what they're capable of, whatever that is, 
and you can't you you sometimes you can't have a story told completely by committee, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so I think it's I believe it's possible for a male writer to write your central characters being female, and and vice versa that a female can write their central character being male, and it makes sense that certain elements of their character would maybe skew towards uh, sort of one version of gender norms or another, or maybe not quite exactly right, but but that's, that's also true in general of characters. A lot of their responses aren't necessarily exactly how it happened in real life because it's not real life. So, I, you know, I don't know. I would, lo- I would love to hear someone say, no, this is why these – because it's Twitter, so they only have – they don't want to be overly critical or directly critical and specifically critical. They're just like, ah – but I, I was curious if you could have if you had any reasons why you would have thought that it was um, less good as in terms of the characters written as a as a female. You know, it, it's interesting because I I had not thought about that, but in terms of gender, but I had thought about it in terms of um, being on the autistic spe- spectrum, and I felt like this character, this uh, Bethany Holland, Beth Holland, I think is the character's name. Um, I, I feel like she is written as a, a pre-diagnosed autistic figure with severe trauma, obviously, in her past. And sure. it, it's funny that that's the way that I would interpret it, and um, someone else might interpret it as a female written as a male or a female written by a male writer. Um, right. I don't know what that says either about me or about others who would interpret it in that fashion. But um, it's interesting yeah, that you very... brought up the spectrum because I, I, strangely enough, that should have occurred to me because there's because there's a very sort of Rain Man-esque, you know, nat- naturalness to her to her ability. Uh, whereas I just thought of her as based on her 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 biological mother, not her uh, the character's biological mother, not the character's adopted mother. I thought Correct, of yeah. her a tortured, like possibly bipolar, men- definitely mentally ill genius, and that she just inherited many of her mom's traits. But having the, the although traumatic but stable force of the orphanage, was able to direct a lot of her energy in a otherwise constructive manner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. That, I, I didn't. I didn't read it at all. As, it, it, but it makes sense. I didn't read it as all as, as a spectrum. But that certainly also makes sense. You know, given her almost preternatural ability at this very specific skill. Right. 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 Um, so yeah. Yeah. I, I, but I, I am certainly enjoying it. I would give it. I, I'm certainly um, psyched about it. Um, I think that we talked earlier this week uh, privately about just um, how it is that we end up watching shows with, with our partners. And it was interesting last night. I was, I was a little bit unavailable for a bit, and I came out, and um, uh, my, my girlfriend Molly was watching um, uh, This Is Us with her daughter. And I caught about, I don't know, 14 minutes of an episode. I, have you seen the show? I assume you know what it is. No, no. Okay. No, because um, I think that, that This Is Us is one of those, Sort of television melodramas. Right? Yeah. Oh, for for sure. Well, in that I don't, minutes, I, I don't go. I don't go into that crap. Well, well you know what? I, you know what? I almost cried. Almost only watching it like fifty percent attention 
But the combination of the music and what was going on and um, that's why that's why I don't do it. That's why I don't do it because it is so blatantly emotionally manipulative for the sake of emotional manipulation that I don't get I don't get any real when those types of shows don't provide me with I, I suppose it's a form of catharsis, but when mm-hmm. some of and but you have and. But if I don't really relate to the characters, they're just setting me up to tell me how I'm supposed to feel. And then, of course, I do. And there's all the elements of filmmaking that, like you said, the music and perhaps the lighting and the, and the situation. You can sort of project yourself into a situation. But that that sort of um, projected empathetic sort of catharsis is superficial, and I'm just not into it. I, I don't I, – and plus, dude, it's – Tuesday or Thursday or I, dude, I, I don't need that. I want, I want, I want more, I want more elevated drama. Okay. Like, like Queen's Gambit is, is a more elevated drama. It is, it is less sort of every day. So it's not realistic in that way because as you see there, there's this genius who plays chess, but it's still, but it is still ultimately a drama. And, and through that, sort of otherwise unreal story, you find uh, a, a form of relatability and realism. And the, and the filmmaking itself is, is pretty, is, is um, creative. The, the way in which it was filmed, the way you can stare at the ceiling and see the pieces move around. I don't, I don't need, uh, nighttime television drama is just like a soap opera to me. I just, I don't care. That's me. That's me. That's me. Yeah, you, will, you know what? I, I have to admit, it's me too. But I found myself questioning myself last night because I think about other things that I'm emotionally attracted to. And I feel like I I wonder what it why am why do I resist this thing that obviously is compelling and effective. But I guess you know you know for me wait 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 I, it's effective in the way it's trying to emotionally manipulate it. You. I would not call it um, necessarily compelling. By the you know it 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 creates well, it, it, it's effective at emo- it manipulating you into into an, it, it compels you to keep watching. So I guess that defines the compelling. But if yeah, you're yeah, just yeah. To de- if you're to describe it and give it a pitch, it would not be compelling to you. In the same way that I pitched to you. Uh, um, one night in Miami. That, that sounds. That I gave you, I, yeah. I gave you a ten-word description, and it and that compelled you. If you gave a ten-word description to This Is Us, it would not be compelling. You happen to be in the room. It is effective. It is not compelling. So, uh, have you been uh, watching anything recently? Oh, we're going straight to that. We're going to watch. Um, man. You know, we started that we watched uh, the first episode of the Tiger Woods documentary on HBO. Oh yeah, I heard good things. Uh, it, it's remarkable. It really, it really is remarkable. Uh, we're only one episode in, and I have to be, it, it, to be, and it's not even, um, it's not a puff piece, and it's, and it's not a, it, it doesn't necessarily paint his personal life in the, in the most glowing terms. Well, so that's interesting. I had heard as such that no one really looks like the good guy necessarily. Right. It's interesting that given his 
his public persona and his power, quite frankly, his wealth, that he would allow something like that to go forward. It, it really, I, it, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know the nature of these things because I think fame is such a big beast unto itself that once someone has that level of fame, even when, even when something is, I wouldn't go so far as to call it derogatory, but at least critical in certain negative ways. Do they, is it still a narcissist, is, is there still a narcissism that allows it to go on? Or is it more calculating, like to the degree that, um, they, they are, they can divorce themselves from their public persona and just understand that even bad press is good press? I, it, it was it, interesting, right? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. You know, you didn't go the route that I, that I anticipated because I was thinking as, as you were starting this description that also it seems like, especially if it's a documentary about a celebrated figure, that, that we as viewers, if, if we only see them through the prism of, you know, what they do, that anything that humanizes them almost necessarily takes them down a peg, even if the intention is not to take them down a peg. Does that make sense? That's where you thought I was going to go. It doesn't. That's where that's that's where I thought you were going to go. No, yeah, yeah, no. I, yeah, I, I, I thought just more of like you know, so so many celebrities want to like run from some of the negative parts of their life that when they when they allow it. Now, to be fair, like so many so many documentaries, you know, ESPN circa searches or sports documentaries have been done about them at this point that the only way to give anything new would be to really get in there deep and, and in order to get there deep to be show some of the uglier parts of someone's past. And, you know, I, I tell you what, um, if someone were to make a documentary about my life, not only have I not achieved anything monumental, but uh, any of the negative parts seem pretty normal, pretty, pretty unnegative at this point. But I complain, oh, whoa, it's me, life is so kind of fair. <laughs> I, I, my life for, for as interested in myself as I am would make the most boring documentary I'm afraid but and, and, maybe, for, and maybe that's maybe that's something I should be thankful for but it does make for a riveting podcast Yo, know, absolutely like you know, we talk about like what what we watch on television so how is it that you – I know that you you do a, a shared uh, TV situation uh, with your living arrangement. How do you guys decide what it is that, my that wife, you're going to watch? I, I, I've heard it referred to as my wife or my family, not my living arrangement. That makes it sound so <laughs> – Well, I, just, I, I didn't know how much of your personal life you wanted to share. Oh, well, I mean, I, I'll share what I want to share, but I would prefer it not be referred to as a living arrangement. <laughs> I call it your temporary living arrangement. <laughs> right, 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 right. And yeah, it's, uh, it is not a, it is not just a living arrangement. Anyway, we'll leave it at that. Well, you know, she's, she's, she's my wife and we watch shows together. And as is that the case, as, as is, you know, it is, you know, we, we have to decide what we're going to watch together. And what do you guys most agree on? What, 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 how does the deciding work on a given day? If, um, let's say I'm a, a fly. On, I, now, I know that last night got a little uh, Secret Life of Pets 2 in. Was that her choice? Well, well that, that happens every night before bedtime for, for the little guy. 
He gets, oh, pick, okay. he gets to pick 15 minutes of a show. And um, and right now we've been on Pets, Secret Life of Pets 2 for, I don't know, about a month. Like. We, we did Madagascar 2 for about two or three months anyway. So And then, then we even got a few – we got a few weeks in there. Well, one day it was Madagascar 2, then it was Pets 2, then it was Turbo, then we could keep. But lately it's been all about Pets 2. How did you guys keep up with the plot? <laughs> You're kidding, right? Uh, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> okay. Well, as you know, most of our viewing is done on streaming, and uh, te- technology being what it is, what it, is it uh, tells you exactly where you were when you left off last time. So, mm-hmm. you know, we want to uh, uh, Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> right, and then at the end of a scene, I'll give it to the end of a, of a, of a scene, so maybe some nights it's 12 minutes, some nights it's 17 minutes, but at the end of a Conclusion of a scene is there's a pause, and you say, okay, time for bedtime, and don't protest. But we, we, we don't need to get into the specific details. I, I am curious, though, do you have a preference of the three that you've most recently seen, Turbo, Secret Life of Pets 2, or Madagascar 2? Well, Turbo would be third place. No, I, that's, I, I was thinking that would be the dog, yeah. Yeah, I, it's not a dog. It's just not, not, as, not as well put together as the other two. Uh, it, you know, it's just, it is interesting. I there, when you watch a movie that many times, the little things that you start to notice. Now, of course, it's it's uh, animation, so of course everything is planned. I'd be curious to do this. I don't do it. I simply just because I don't. But to watch other movies that many times uh, with live action, if if you would see the same amount of deliberate placement of actions and set pieces. Or if you, or if you see more mistakes, mm-hmm. or coincidences, I should say, there can be no coincidences in an animated program. If you right, right, right. Exactly. Everything's a setup for something else to come. Or even just even on any given, if you were to pause it on any given scene, every single detail was drawn by someone for sure. So it's not like where if they were shooting on location somewhere where you could look in the background and notice a thing uh, out of place. Okay. That, right, right, right. That's the water thing. Right. Um, and he, even within a created set, there there still might be inconsistencies that, to the degree that you can't, could not possibly have in animation. Um, yeah. But well, tell me about you though. What's been going on with your geek? Um. Well, I or, haven't. Go ahead. Or, or better yet. Because I didn't really get to say a chance to say because we went down the wormhole of uh, of pets, but I, I don't think I answered your question. How do we decide? I asked. Yeah, yeah. I asked Leslie, "What are you in the mood to watch?" <laughs> That's okay. And eventually, That's you know, eventually, what ends up happening is I start saying things I would like to see. I'd like to see this. Well, let's try watching this, and I and I try to push for for things that I want to see, and then eventually, hopefully, we get a chance to see them. Well, well, so so, what would you say? And this will probably be in closing. But what would you say is the uh, television show that you both equally enjoy the most, or type of movie, or whatnot? And then I'll I'll share share one one for you. Well, I, that's a hard thing to say because I I don't know I uh, I mean there there are things that we're totally neutral about. 
that are mm-hmm. just benign background television. That, that those tend to be cooking shows, but equally enjoy, I think it's hard because there are, there are going to be elements to it that to any given program that she's going to enjoy more than me or I'm going to enjoy more than her. So equal is a tough, tough thing, right? Gotcha. I don't think she's right. as into Cobra Kai as I am, for example. Okay, okay. But, but I, I don't want to say she's not, she doesn't enjoy it. Gotcha, gotcha. How much have you seen of that so far? I think we're halfway, well, or two or three episodes into the second season. Okay, yeah, I've only seen the first season. I really liked it. I just have, we just haven't returned to it. Yeah, you should give it, you give it a check. The, uh, the main, the main sensei from the original movie's back. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I, I saw the last episode of the last, of the first season. Right, well, he stays, he stays in it, so. Yeah. Give you a little, give, give you a little tease. Give you a little tease. Well, I'm, so, I'm kind of on in the same boat as far as cooking shows for a while. Um, we were like before bed, we were considering watching Chits Creek. Um, but you know, it takes too much attention to watch. And if you're laughing, you're not really falling asleep. So I, I'm not sure if I know I've talked to you about it in person, but, um, I don't know if I mentioned it on the pod, but there's the, the chef show with John, John Favreau and it's little 25 minutes, um, little bits with him cooking like different things with, uh, and traveling with Roy Choi, his, his partner. And, um, it's, it's, it's so lovingly done and so, so well done. And I finally saw the chef movie this weekend too. And I, I was very pleased with that. It was the first time that I saw it. It was a little anticlimactic, but so, um, such a labor of love all the way throughout. I, I would hi- highly recommend it and also available on Netflix. If the chef movie to which you're referring is the one that's a fiction account, whereas the show you're talking about is a non-fiction. Correct. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Clear, yeah. Clear the, that up for many, many, many gazers out there. Right. Right. Exactly. But um, with that being said, we're we're kind of running short on time, so I'll have to save um, the music discussion for for next time. But just to for for those whose ears can be can be tickled a little bit, um, I started listening to um, a fairly obscure album that came out the same year as Hysteria by Def Leppard. Um, this this from a band uh, from like a European band called U2, and the album was Joshua right. Tree. This, this this small little Irish. You know, foursome. Yeah, yeah, pub pub band. I'm I'm sure, but um, but we'll we'll save that discussion for next week. Um, so with that being said, Mr. Jimbo, I hope you have a lovely week, and I look forward to talking to you again. Sure, sure, sure. All right, take care. All right, cool. See ya. Let me hang up. Sure. Uh, but hold on, let me get to the hang up part. Goodness gracious. Ah, I'm hanging up.
just bars in it. I'll change. Don't you know that when you play at this level, there's no ordinary venue? It's Iceland, or the Philippines, or Hastings, or this place. One night in Bangkok, the world's superstar. The bars are temples, but they're pulsing free. You'll find.